Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Prog Report interview. My special guest today is Colin Edwin, who we all know as the basis for Porcupine Tree. Of course, he's had a number of great projects since then. He has a brand new album out with his band Orc. The album is called Ramage Head, and it's available now. And the band is currently on tour in Europe. I'm very pleased to welcome Colin Edwin. Hey, how you doing? All right. Thanks for doing that, man. I'm a big fan of, obviously, of Porcupine Tree, and I've followed some of your career since then, and great to get a chance to speak with you. Oh, great. Cheers. I'm glad to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm glad uh, to hear you know my history. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I did a little bit of research just before we talked to to see what uh, other stuff you you had done that maybe I might have missed, and you've certainly been busy. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of projects on there. Yeah, yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't been sitting on my ass. <laughs> There's been quite a bit going on, yeah. And in all honesty, I haven't planned anything. It's just you know one thing, uh, you know one thing leads to another. So, so that's that's good. That's really good. I'm really happy with that. Yeah, it's good. Good to be in demand at least, right? People know your number and and want to look out for you. So that's a good thing. Yeah, but it's not always. It's not always. Uh, it's not always like being in demand. If you like, it's not always. Um, it's not always me just playing for other people. It's actual kind of collaborative stuff as well. Yeah. So um, well, that, that's that, pretty cool, you know. That leads to uh, the band you're you're touring with right now, Orc. Um, is it so? Why the the periods in the name? It's not O R K. It's pronounced Orc. I was always wondering about that. Well, that's a very good question. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you the short. The, I'll give you the short answer. Now, the short answer is that uh, two of the guys in the band are Italian, and uh, the, they were looking for a name to describe the music when we first got together. And they had this idea that it was like a killer whale, because a killer whale is kind of beautiful but a little bit dangerous and a little bit unpredictable at the same time. So mm-hmm. they were going toying with this word orca, which is Italian for killer whale. And I said, you know, you can't, you can't call the band Orca, you know, that's just, it's not going to work. So then they came up with Orc and I said, but the problem with Orc is that you're going to, you're going to put that into Google and you're going to come up with loads of fantasy <laughs> Tolkien right, right, right. kind of stuff. So, so I said, we've got to put the dots in there if you really want to do it anyway. So we, we started with ORK and as time has gone on it's just become easier just to say orc you know <laughs> it's just become easier but it's meant to be o.r.k. and actually in this day and age it's not very sensible because uh you know you type you have to get the dots in the right place for, for the search engine and all that kind of business but anyway we're stuck with it now so and we're happy with it so we'll, we'll, we'll just carry on well it's a con- <laughs> conversation piece i guess all right that's all good uh, and the and the, the, it serves the the music well, right? Because the music is very sort of uh, kind of dark, strange, progressive, all sorts of things in there. Um, you know, how'd you meet the guys? Uh, you know, for people that aren't as familiar with the band, uh, you know, talk a little bit about meeting the band and forming. I know it's only been a few years. You're already on your third album, so how how did it all happen? Well, that's right. Yeah. Well, I I met the singer Left through uh, the connection with Rare Noise Records back in London. They're a, they're a, a London-based label, but they're um, run by an Italian guy called uh, Giacomo Bruzzo. So if you've followed any of my stuff in the past with Twinscapes and Metallic Taste of Blood, um, those projects came out on Rare Noise. So um, I met left through Eraldo Bernocchi, who I formed Metallic Taste of Blood with, because they worked together quite a bit. And we had this sort of vague idea, maybe we should do something at some point, you know, 
and then fast forward a couple of years and he says to me i've got these tracks i'm working on with a fabulous guitarist called carmelo pipitoni who i didn't know at all and he played me i think pyre was the first thing he played me so i was kind of really impressed uh, first of all with the demo they sent me and what they'd been working on and secondly i could hear that it was a good place for me it was a good context for me you know the kind of sound that they had and the the atmosphere they had was 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 something familiar to me and something I was quite happy to work with. And then we carried on doing a few more tracks and then Lev said to me, why don't we ask Pat Mastelotto to play drums? And I was like, well, you know, I know Pat, I've met him a couple of times and if, I, I pr- probably, I think he would like it, but I doubt he'd have time. But anyway, yeah. the, the short answer is Pat went ahead and said, yeah, he'd love to do it. So that was the first album. Um, back in 2015 which we put together um, kind of remotely if you like we didn't all get together in the same place right but it turns out Carmelo had a connection with uh, and he said I can get us some gigs you know if you want to come here and do some gigs and we can do that pretty pretty easily I've got someone interested so our first tour which was predominantly in Italy was put together and we kind of gave ourselves a three-day rehearsal or a two-and-a-half-day rehearsal and then, a, and then a run of gigs. And it was like, sort of, we had to make it work, if you like, you know. Um, and I like that kind of thing, where you just step into it and, and you just sort of, everyone's on the same page and we just kind of have to do it, you know, we have to make it work. Because it's usually never the music that's a problem, you know. It's always right. the logistical things that are a problem. So it was kind of quite exciting as well, you know, knowing that we'd sold out our first gig before we'd even got there. And... Uh, mm-hmm we were just going to have to jump in and do it with both feet. So, you know, but it all went, I think, a lot better than we expected. Um, you know, not just in terms of the amount of interest that we had, but the, the sort of chemistry that we had between us, uh, which is kind of an unspoken thing usually. Uh, we didn't have to discuss anything. We just all fit together really easily, and we, we, uh, we've kind of carried on from there, really. Right. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, so talk about, you have the new album, uh, Ramage Head comes out February 22nd. Now you're on K-Scope, right? Um, you know, how'd that come together, joining with that label? I feel like that's resulted in a lot of a lot more press for this upcoming album. You, I, you seem to be all over the internet. Are you noticing a difference? Yeah, we've, we've certainly got a, a bit of a higher profile with K-Scope than we had before. Um, I guess it's kind of a good fit for us to be with them. I mean, I knew them because of the porcupine tree connection, um, they were quite keen to do, I mean, we, we wanted to do the usual thing and have a nice vinyl package and, and all the rest of it. And they were quite happy to go up, you know, they're into that kind of thing as well. So they were a good fit from that perspective as well. Uh, you know, as regards the physical media side of things, which is less and less, uh, you know, of an issue these days with a lot of labels they are just, do it (laughs) and not really want to do a vinyl or you know you kind of have to push for it but anyway they were they seem to have uh, i mean i didn't really know i think perhaps we're a little bit more rock than some of their roster uh we're a little bit heavier perhaps in some senses you know Mm -hmm. musically speaking but um at the same time i could tell it would be a, a reasonably good fit you know they've got a a, a range of an audience that's very open-minded and 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 into the progressive side of what we do 
And, um, you know, I kind of have, have, although I haven't really had much to do with them for a while, I, I sort of know the guys and, you know, they know me and, and they were kind of interested. Uh, so I thought, well, why not? You know, I couldn't really think of a better fit at the moment for us. Um, and the great thing was that uh, when we delivered the album to them, um, so it's kind of fairly current, you know, sometimes I've been in a situation where you make the record and you have to wait a year for the release schedule of the label. Right. Um, but we delivered it. We, you know, I saw them in about September. We, we were about halfway through the record. We were thinking about a label. They were into it from the, from the first meeting I had. And they said, we'll deliver it in November. We'll release it February. So nice. Yeah. <laughs> we fulfilled the deadline, you know, and it, it's come out, you know, in good time, which is, which is beautiful as well. And, I was knocked out with the fact that the the press people were, um, you know, the message I got back was, you know, all the guys working the record at the label that are going to have to, you know, phone people up and email people and try and drum up some interest. They all came back and said, no, they really like the record and they think it's really strong. So that's really positive. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel the same way myself, but it's great to hear that from a label. You know, it's really cool. That is great. Uh, you talked earlier about the, the first album, um, Inflamed Rides, where you guys recorded separately and, and you know met, met right after and played that first gig was it different for this album were you guys more together recording or writing for this one well in the, in the interim of course we've done quite a few tours so we've kind of uh, expanded a lot of the material when we play it you know when we record it so when we play it live usually we take sections and 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 maybe improvise a bit here and there or stretch things out or change things so we have that method of working which has become a bit more established but also the, the, the main difference this time was that, uh, unfortunately, Pat, because uh, of his King Crimson schedule, couldn't make like a two, three week recording period that we initially talked about. But I've been um, coming over to Italy quite a bit. It's really easy for me to get from London to Bologna, where the two other guys live. And um, the three of us have had a, a load of writing sessions together, um, going back to where we started making the record in about March. So... Um, I mean, to be honest with you, any excuse I can do to come to Italy, I'm quite happy to do that because <laughs> it's a nice place. So, so that kind of suits me. And you know, the other two guys, it's it's easy for them. We've got access to a studio there, and um, Pat was able to do his drums remotely um, within the time frame that we that we were looking for. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't a, wasn't a difficult album to make at all. It was it, it came together quite quickly. Where in Italy are you? Uh, you? You're playing a show tonight, you said, uh, over there. You're opening a tour? <clears throat> That's right. It's the first night of our tour. So it's the first night we're going to play a lot of new material. And we're in a place called Ravenna, which is um, it's about a two-hour drive from, or maybe a bit less than that, an hour and a half drive from Bologna, which is where the other two guys are based. So it's a nice, easy one to... Uh, to ease into <laughs> very cool it's an easy easy drive yeah we're not having to drive the other end of the country to set up and play it's it's kind of fairly local to them so it's logistically quite an easy one but we're looking forward to it, it should be good yeah that should be great um so one of the big uh i guess surprises or uh treats for people on the album it's there's a single out now called black blooms which features surge from system of a down uh killer song his performance on it is awesome how did that come about? How did he get involved with you guys? So uh, that's really because uh, last year sometime Left made a solo album called Hypersomniac. And he had uh, Bill Laswell um, as a bass player on the record. There's a bit of a connection between Rare Noise Records and Bill Laswell. He's been involved in some of the productions. Like he mixed my uh, Twinscapes album a few years ago. And um, Bill must have thought 
that Serge Tanky and, and Leff would make a, a good pairing. I don't know where that came from, but that's a, the sort of inspired idea, I guess, that's made his name, you know. <laughs> so he introduced Serge, who he knows from, I guess, his work as a producer, to Leff, and they were discussing doing some possible kind of collaboration. And this is, of course, right around the time we're in the middle of the record. So, you know, we said, well, you know, why don't you ask him if he wants to sing on one of our tracks? You know, why not? And um, we sent him a lot of stuff, and the track that he chose was Black Plumes, but it was in a bit more of a um, a basic, for, uh, you know, it wasn't quite fully formed at that point. So he actually didn't just sing on the record, he, he wrote some lyrics and, and suggested some direction for the piece as well. So it's more of a, a collaborative effort, you know, as opposed to just the guest vocalist, but... Yeah, it was great to have his input. I mean, I was really happy with when I heard what he did. I thought, yeah, it's, it's really cool. And he's he's really into it as well. So yeah. uh, it's great to have, uh, you know, what, it was, it's, it's a very good input to have, you know, a really good guest to have. You know. Yeah, because he fits perfectly with what you guys are doing. And musically, it's just, it's right there. And he almost sounds like he's the singer of the band on that one. Yeah, I mean, I said, they asked me in the uh, the record company about the press release, and I said, well, you know, the, my first thought, honestly, was if I didn't know better, we could have written that song for him, but, you know, we didn't. <laughs> it was just a choice. So it was, it, it, you know, sometimes when you have a guest musician, you, you create a context for them, but um, that wasn't the case. No, it was just, it was it was uh, Serge Tankian's choice to, to sing on Black Blooms. So, yeah, that, that's, uh, it's always good when you have that sort of connection with somebody, yeah. Yeah. So what other stuff, I know you have a, a lot of different projects going on all the time. What other things have you just been working on or maybe it's coming out, uh, you know, after this release? You got other things happening? Yeah, I've been uh, doing a lot of gigs. Uh, and and last year, the just the tail end of last year, I did another album with a bass player from Italy called Lorenzo Feliciati. So that's our Twinscapes project, um, a two-bass player band. So the lineup is usually me and Lorenzo Fliciati on, on bass and we had uh, we've been working as a trio live with a, a fantastic drummer called Gualdi who's uh, another Italian of course and he also plays for PFM uh, which is a, a gig he's been doing for a long time it's an Italian band PFM yeah, I don't sure. know if you know them yeah yeah mm -hmm bit of an institution you know so yeah. um he's uh it's a really good trio it's quite exciting to play live it's it's always a, it's always fun it's always um it's always kind of unexpected and spontaneous at the same time but it's always a really good vibe so i'm looking forward to doing a bit more um with them live this year we're working on some other gigs so that was uh really nice to, to actually get that second record out and it was really well received as well which is it's always difficult because i thought the first album we did was kind of fully formed um and it felt like it was a tough one to follow <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean but sure. i was very pleased with the result i, I thought it came together really well and we, we made a conscious decision not to have any any real guest feature musicians so we have a flute saxophone player just for some extra textural stuff and we had um and Papato with a little bit of percussion, who was also on the first record. But the main, the main core of the, of the thing is just the, the, the three of us, uh, two basses and one drum. Nice, one drummer. Yeah, that's. Uh, I've I've heard some of the stuff you guys have done. Really interesting. Yeah, it's it's a great context for me. I mean, it's not just that I get to dig out some of the pedals that I'd never be able to use in a in a band situation. You know, it's actually really a 
uh, a really good creative kind of partnership. So I'm um, happy to keep that going. Um, we managed to do quite a few shows in Italy, but we're trying to, you know, expand a bit further and maybe do some other shows in the rest of Europe as well. Yeah, uh, it's a bit challenging, you know. It's a challenge with instrumental music to take it uh, to take it somewhere else. But I think, you know, we've, we've had some interest, so I think we'll, we'll, we'll certainly be working on that. And then something I, I really hope is going to come out this year is I did um, I did an album with a couple of Ukrainian singers a few years ago, which is a really unusual connection. And uh, we made a record which just came out on a Ukrainian label in about 2016. And then, I don't know if you're familiar with the political situation over there, but they basically had a revolution and a whole bunch of trouble. So we just got to the stage where we were doing gigs and then it all kind of fell apart and I lost touch with the, with the guys. Yeah. But uh, I've been able to carry on working with uh, one of the singers, um, Ina Kovtun, she's called. She's a marvellous vocalist and she's got a really active presence in like Ukrainian folk music over there um, but she's a fantastic singer and my partner with uh, Burnt Belief the band Burnt Belief John Durant who's another interesting guitar player that I seem to meet all these interesting guitar players all the time uh, the three of us have made a record together which we've just finished mixing uh, a little bit at the tail end of last year so I'm really hoping we can get that out this year while it's still kind of current and fresh for us um, but there's quite a few challenges because Inna's in Kiev and John's in, in uh, Boston. And of course, I'm in London. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's difficult to tie things up. <laughs> but yeah, fingers crossed we'll get that out too. That's, that's really unusual. It's basically Slavic folk music, but reworked through our sort of slightly progressive, slightly jazzy kind of prism. Okay. And, yeah, you, uh, don't, you don't try anything simple. Yeah, but funnily enough, uh, their folk music is really fascinating because it has unusual harmonies and it also has a lot of odd time stuff going on. So um, it's kind of got a bit of a progressive rock vibe anyway, in a way, you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. I mean, they don't treat it like that. Yeah, the, the traditional instrumentation is, is, is nothing like that. But I've actually heard some, some music from, from Russia that, that has a similar kind of atmosphere to what we're trying to do um and it's 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 independent we don't know these people i just it's stuff i've heard so i can sort of see that it's it, the music is sort of ripe for reinterpretation if you like it's got possibilities that maybe haven't been explored so that's kind of where we're coming in we're exploring these new new possibilities for the music and enough for her part she's usually singing in a very traditional folk ensemble. So for her, it's really interesting to, to hear the same songs in a different context. You know? Right. But anyway, that's creatively uh, what I've been up to, certainly the last six months or so. Orc, uh, this project with, with Inna and John Durant, and, and, then, uh, and then Twinscapes, that's been pretty full on for me with that. All right. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to keep, uh, keep an eye out for all these things you got going on all the time. I do want to ask you a little bit about Porcupine Tree, just you know, because it's such a uh, still such a big presence in in progressive music today. Uh, not the obvious questions that I'm sure you get all the time, but um, you know, what do you say about the the effect the band had on rock music and the influence you guys had on on current prog today? It seems to have stood the test of time and a band that everybody still is really, really enthralled with and big fans of to this day. Yeah, well, I'm very pleased about that. I mean, I didn't expect um, that the band would have the success it did. 
Um, I mean, it took a long time to come. So by the time it got there, I kind of <laughs> didn't really know what, how we, how we got there, you know. Yeah. But um, it's interesting as well that I thought, you know, we were always of the, oh, I was certainly of the opinion that once we'd been disappeared for a year or two, that we wouldn't have um, the opportunity to, you know, people would just forget about us and just move on. So it's been quite a surprise to me that um, people are kind of still sort of rabid. Yeah. <laughs> or still, like, you know, <laughs> but people are really, you know, I mean, I meet mean, people, I do gigs all the time. People are really fascinated about, um, you know, it's something I still get asked about, something I still get, um, you know, people still talk to me about it. So I know there's, there's a lot of love out there for the band still, which is, is very gratifying, you know. I'm really happy to hear it, to, to be a little bit, have been part of that, you know. Yeah. Do you still, sure. do you still stay in touch with any of the guys from the band? No, not particularly. No, I mean we still discuss stuff when we have to, like the reissues or, or you know, kind of sort of slightly business things. But we're not really in touch. We're not really working, so right. there's kind of no, no reason to, if you like. Let me ask you just uh, before I let you go. Uh, give me one Porcupine Tree album that's your favorite, and one song that's your favorite. Um, I'm, I, you know, I. In all honesty, and I hope this doesn't sound glib, I don't have favourites <laughs> with anything I do. It's, it's sometimes I think, yeah, that, you know, and at other times it's something else. But I think the answer I would give you is that if I, if I was giving someone a Porcupine Tree album and they didn't know the band, right. I would either give them, I'd either give them uh, Lightbulb Sun or I'd give them In Absentia. Yeah. I think perhaps those two uh, albums which would, would, would be the ones to to kind of get people hooked if you like right yeah um, i always liked light bulb sun i thought it, i thought it was quite adventurous when we did it um and although we had probably we made better records after that i thought perhaps that was the most kind of exploratory uh album that we had you know as a group sound sort of thing so i always really liked that and then in absentia this was a fantastic record in the, in the sense that we you know we put everything together in the right time uh, it was a great experience to make the record for me going to America and recording in New York. That was something I'll always remember. Yeah. And it felt really good at the time. We had a new energy. We had Gavin come on board who did a great job, you know, uh, slipping into the shoes of Chris kind of straight away and just firing at all four, you know. So yeah. um, that always felt like a really good record to me. Um, it's not to say I didn't like some later moments as well. Uh, but yeah, those are the two albums I... I I'd give to people who didn't know the band and, you know, they'd be the ones I'd be happy to, to pass on if you like. Yeah, no, I think that's a good way to go. Those are, they cover a lot more territory between two albums there that musically, I think, which represented a lot of the band. And certainly I have to tell you, uh, hate song. One of my favorites, the baseline is just one of the greatest things you guys did. And I love that song. So I'll give you props for that one. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> and I should tell you as well that um, the, the, the sort of stringed instrument in the middle section, that was a, a saz I picked up in Turkey. <laughs> so there aren't many sazes in rock music. So I was kind of happy to do, to, to do the bass line in the saz part too. <laughs> that is cool. That's, that's one of your guys' classics for me. Uh, well, listen, Colin, pleasure to talk to you, man. Like I said, I'm a big fan. And uh, I think the new album from Orc is great. Uh, Ramage Head comes out February 22nd. The guys are on tour right now in Europe. And uh, I wish you all the best with it, man. I hope to talk to you again soon. That's great. Thank you very much. Take care. All right, man. Be good. Bye.
Cheers. Bye-bye. Thanks to Colin for the interview. We're going to close with a track off the new Orc album, Ramage Head. This is Black Blooms. You can check out information on Orc online, and the band is on tour in Europe as well. For information, visit them on their website. For upcoming news and interviews, please check theparkreport.com, follow us on Facebook, at The Park Report on Twitter, and for back episodes of our podcast, please visit iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or Podbean, and also on YouTube. Thanks. Dark lines Broken but entwined Come gliding to my dream Come swim with me Just come on.